Welcome to the Beacon Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you joining us today. Tune in as Pastor Brandon Crook talks about our mission, Jesus Christ, and how he changes our lives for the better. Enjoy. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. If you grew up in church, you might know this story. I don't feel like it's preached enough because it is actually a really incredible testimony to Jesus, to his healing power, but also to the individual that receives healing. Check out what what it says. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, no pun intended whatsoever, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. For I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. What an incredible passage of scripture. And let's take a few minutes. Maybe we can dive in, unplug this a little bit. And I pray today that maybe God will open your heart a little bit more through this season. Come on, pray with me. Father, we love you and we thank you, Jesus. We ask for the next few minutes that you remain in this place. God, we give you this space to do whatever it is that you want to do. Fill our hearts and our minds. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. Do you remember a time when you got lost? You can probably instantly think of it too. Time when you got lost or maybe your friend who was driving got lost and you had to sit there while they couldn't figure out which way to turn. I, I remember this time. Now, for those of you who grew up in the 90s, uh, we didn't have turn-by-turn navigation. The instant luxury of plugging in on your phone, we, we didn't have that. Back then, now when I first started driving, iPhones hadn't come out yet. So back then, and you say that like back in the day, you had to describe the directions based on the landmark. You remember that for those of you who've been driving for a little while? Okay, so you gotta go to the second house with the green roof and then take a left at that stop sign and then drive two more streets down with the big oak tree. Next to the oak tree, you drive down to there. You remember that? If you've ever done that before, that's some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay, enjoy the luxury. It was one of those instances where I could not remember. See, I had gotten to my destination, but it was in coming back home that I didn't exactly figure out where to go. So I'm leaving and I take a turn in a neighborhood that seemed to be never ending. It wasn't like this Georgia suburban neighborhood that was all confined to its beautiful rows and its gated community. It was one of those urban neighborhoods where it's just houses everywhere. And so, I take a turn in which I think is the right turn to get to the exit of the neighborhood in which it wasn't. In fact, the turn put me on a street that was circular. I didn't know the street was circular until I drove by the same house twice and was going the same direction. And so I drove by it again thinking to myself, I have no idea where I'm at, 
I'm lost. It's nighttime. I'm trying to figure out where the exit is. Now, finally, obviously, eventually, I turned down the right street, made my way out of the neighborhood, and remembered from that point forward, it's not the first left, it's the second left. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know about you, but being lost physically, being lost while you're driving, being lost at the mall, being lost in the grocery store, at Disney World, that's one thing, but being lost internally is a completely different story. When you are lost internally, you feel hopeless. When you are lost internally, you really don't know which way to go. But there's a difference between being lost and being lonely. And I talk to you for a minute. There's a difference between being lost and lonely. Because we can be lost and lonely at the same time, but we can also be lonely and not lost. Why? Because if you know that you're found, you realize that you're not lost. In fact, Jesus is the one who is with you. You might say, man, that sounds like something I heard in Sunday school 25 years ago. Yeah, but have you really thought about it and applied it to your life as it is today? Because there are moments in this world we live in and in the seasons we have been in when nobody else is there to comfort you and to hold you and to help you and to strengthen you. But yet as a believer and as someone of faith who says, I've got Jesus living in me, have we thought for a second to turn to the one who's the ultimate comforter, who's the one who can get us where we need to go, who's the one that can put his hand on our life and lead us. When you're lost, it's one thing. When you're lonely, it's another. Y'all know what I'm talking about, being lonely. Those days where you just feel empty. Those days when you have this unexplainable exhaustion that you can't figure out why I'm so tired, why things don't feel like they're lining up. I feel like no one cares. I feel like no one understands. I'm just Lonely, But can I remind you, although you might feel lonely, you're not lost. If you're taking notes or jotting thoughts down, you can title today's talk that. Lonely, but not lost. Lonely, but not lost. See, this year is still not over. God still has a plan for my life and for your life. I got I to gotta tell you that you are headed in the right direction. Although you feel so lonely through this season, you have to be reminded and allow the Holy Spirit to remind you, I'm not lost. You're not lost. But see, in the loneliness, you might hear or feel two voices. The voice that God is feeding you of strength, of encouragement, of direction. And then the voice that the enemy is feeding you of destruction. The enemy would not, not want anything more than just to get you distracted. I told this to our team the other day. I said, the enemy doesn't have to get you to sin. He's just got to get you distracted. Because he knows if he can get you distracted enough to where it gets you off of your path, then you can begin meandering down the road that you had no business going on, looking for comfort, hope, and peace. You start believing the lies that he's feeding you. Have you heard of them? No one cares. The lies that say, it'll always be like this. It'll never get any better. The pandemic's not going away. It's going to be like this for 2020, 2021, 2022. And you start thinking in your mind, it will stay like this. I will be like this. I will never get out of this. And then you start believing, well, maybe no one cares. Maybe God doesn't care. 
Maybe I'll never see my friends again or be connected the way I wanted to be again. I'm always going to feel alone. You don't have to admit it, but I can gladly admit that I've felt and I've heard lies just like that in my own head. And I have to fight it every single day to be reminded that those are lies, not truths. Because you will never be alone once you allow Jesus to live in you. 38 years, 38 years, this sick man had been dealing with the same problem. 38 years, he's been trying to figure out how to get into this pool to where he can hopefully find his healing, to get into this mineral bath, to get into this natural jacuzzi, to get into this place that is this hot spring that they think is, is anointed with some angel that comes and stirs the water. And if I could just get to where I need to be, then I can find my healing. Then I can get right. Then I can go to where I need to be. Then God will touch me. But see, for this man, for 38 years, on this specific day, instead of him having to go and fight his way towards healing, healing came fighting his way towards him. He didn't realize that his healing didn't lie in a pool that he had been placed in. His healing lied in a man that walked up to him off the street, off the streets, and started talking to him and conversing with him. And here's what kills me, absolutely blows my mind, is at the time of the conversation, the man didn't even know who Jesus was. He's conversing with the Messiah, conversing with the one that has the power to heal him in an instant. And yet he has no idea who he is. So to all of those who wanna say, you gotta be saved to be healed, to all of those who want to say that you got to be right before God can do something. For all of those who have to preach and tell you, you need big faith. Just be reminded of this story of this man who didn't know God and had no faith and still walked away with a healing. Come on, somebody. God will heal you on your good days. God will heal you on your off days. God will heal you on your no days. God doesn't need anything but you to just look at him and realize who he is. And it's in the moment when he says, stand up, take your mat, pick it up, that your healing can be received. 38 years, he thought he needed a pool. But in reality, all he needed was a person. The season that you are in might feel like forever. This year might feel wasted. But can I remind you, you still got six more months to make a comeback. Don't let anybody tell you that they wish it was already 2021 because you got about four and a half, five more months to get the job done, to make a comeback. Stop using it as an excuse. Stop worrying about things that don't matter. You can pull out all the stops and say, well, man, if this hadn't happened, if I had to go through COVID-19, I could have been more productive this year. My business would have exploded this year. My schooling would have been better this year. I could have done what I needed to do. But here's the reality. What could you not have done if this season hadn't have happened? What could you not have done if you hadn't had to go through what you've had to go through? Begin to look in the realities of maybe God wanted me to be this lonely. Maybe God needed to be this disconnected. 
Maybe God wanted me to be isolated so that I could draw closer to him than I've ever drawn before. What couldn't I have done? Otherwise, this season taking place, I couldn't have spent the amount of time with my five-year-old and with my wife that I've been able to spend over the past few months. I couldn't have had time and places of healing in my life because I've actually had time to be reflective on my heart and realize what I've been going through, that the busyness of life can cover up and make me feel like I'm just okay. But really, when all is stripped away, I realize I'm not okay. Come on, is anybody a human being in this place tonight? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you get to that point of isolation, when you realize maybe I could be so much happier if I evaluated the source of my happiness coming from my heart, not from a situation or from a person or from a substance. You might feel lonely, but can I remind you today, you're not lost. So when the enemy tries to get in your ear and tell you how lonely things are, just remind him that you're not lost. You are in fact found. Your source is not in him or on this earth. Your source is a man, is a person who came and died. And he came and died for you and you and you. And he loves you and he cares about you. And he is still just as relevant as he was then as he is today. Jesus sees you. He cares for you. He wants to help you and strengthen you, whatever you face. You might feel blind, like this dude who needed to be in the pool. You might feel paralyzed, like this individual who needed healing that day. You might feel like, if I can just get to the right place at the right time, if I could just get over there, I'll make it. You ever said something like that to yourself? If I, could, if I could just get one more success, I'll be satisfied. If I could just pray more, then maybe my healing or come. Maybe if I could just give God a few more days out of my, my, maybe then I'll feel better. Maybe then if people would just stop walking over me, if somebody would just give me a chance, then maybe, just maybe, if it wasn't like this, maybe I wouldn't be facing this problem that I'm facing today. Whatever your excuse has been, whatever is this reoccurring theme in your life, let me throw this out and remind you today that just because you face a problem doesn't mean you eliminate your purpose. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you can give God some praise. Jesus cares. It's not over. You're not lost. You've been found. So get up and walk in your victory. Verse six is such an incredible, almost hilarious verse. Because of what Jesus asks this man is almost an insult. But Jesus knew he needed to ask this in order to get the response that he needed to get in order to continue in the healing that he was going to give. Jesus said in verse six, because remember, when he walks up, it says, when Jesus saw him and he knew that he had been ill. So Jesus sees him. He's the Messiah. He's the Holy One. He's, he is God. So he knows everything about everyone. He walks up to this person. He knows he's ill. He knows he's paralyzed. He knows he's struggling. He knows he's hurting. He knows it's been a long time. And yet he asked the man to his face, would you like to get well? If Jesus asked you to get well, would you like to get well? What is your response to Jesus? Of course, you you should know I'd like to get well. But Jesus asked the man, would you like to get well? 
And listen to what the guy says. Because his mind has lost hope. His heart has been changed. Instead of the man's response being, of course, heck yeah, bro. He goes, verse seven, I can't. Jesus, the one who is able to provide the healing, asked, would you like me to help you out, bro? Would you like to be healed? And the man says, I can't. For I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone always gets ahead of me. You know what strikes me about this dude? We know he's paralyzed. So we obviously know he cannot get to point A to point B on his own. We know that although he might have a physical infirmity, his mouth works really well. Because he's having a great dialogue with Jesus. You feeling me? You, you get what I'm saying? He's, he's having a, a real conversation with Jesus. Has it ever occurred to you? Maybe not. But it did while I was reading this. That if this dude's mouth is working as good and as correctly as it seems, and he's able to hold a real conversation with Jesus, why has he not for 38 years opened his mouth to ask for help? He uses the excuse that people have cut him in line or walked over him and not come to him. But has he asked anyone to come and help? I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there as a question. And yet he complains instead of saying yes, he complains that he can't. You ever been cut in line before? Some of y'all are like, ooh, he did not. Yes. You ever been, you know, you know the, the place you get cut in line the most? Disney World. Disney World. You talk about a magical place on earth. No, it's a magical place to get cut in line. And getting cut in line will make or break you as an individual and a human being and a Christian. Because in those few minutes that you get cut in line, you are contemplating whether to slap the head of the person in front of you or to just let it roll up. You know what's funny about people who cut in line? And some of y'all are like, ooh, it's preaching to me because I just cut in line. Why? Why? It doesn't make sense to me because when somebody cuts you in line, they're only saving themselves about 30 seconds. Maybe, maybe 15 seconds. It's like, bro, you, you in that much of a hurry, you realize you really didn't cut that much time out of your day by standing in front of me. Now that's the, if you're not in a hurry. If you're in a hurry, those 30 seconds, boy, I will tear them up. Don't you cut me in line. Now here's what's frustrating, okay? I'm taking some water. Here's what's frustrating, because I've done this and I've seen this at Disney when one individual cuts you in line or stands in front of you, I can, I can deal with that. But what that individual doesn't tell you is he's holding place for 50 other individuals that are going to come at the last minute and stand in front of you to get on Space Mountain. So you think it's just one person and then his mama and his grandmama and their auntie and all six kids. And then I don't know who you are, but you slid into that too. And you're like, did you, did you, did you, did is there's got to be a rule book for this. And they get on the ride. It's, it's not fun. So I can understand for 38 years this man's hurt and frustrated saying, bro, you don't understand. I've been walked over for 38 years. I've been cut in line for 38 years. No one has cared about me for 38 years. 
But here's the problem. Have you ever stopped to just think and maybe ask? And the one thing that God still has allowed me to do, if I can't move my legs, if I can't move my arms, thank God I can still open my mouth. Thank God I can still give him praise even if I feel paralyzed. Thank God that I can still walk in a blessing even if I can't get up. Why? Because I still have my speech. This individual for 38 years, I don't know how many times he asked for help, but I would not have given up hope. Saying to Jesus who is going to heal you, I can't might seem like the most ridiculous response you could ever say. And yet we do it all the time. When Jesus says, let me take that from you. And our response is, I can't. I can't give this up. I can't shake this habit. I can't be free from this. I can't stop being anxious. I can't be let, let go of my anxiety. I can't stop being lonely. I can't get over my depression. I can't be healed. The person has given up hope. And yet Jesus brings everything he needs to this man. And even with his disbelief, Jesus said, stand up. And he was healed. It's time to replace the I can't with I can't. Come on, this is a TED talk, but it's reality today. We say I can every day about something that God has given you the ability to do, which means your I can't needs to be flipped into I can. I can get through this. I can do my job. I can be a successful person. I can get over this addiction. I can, with God's help, be made whole. I can be healed. I can see a victory. I can make a difference. I can get through this. Not just I can, but I will. Come on, can we give God some praise in this prayer? I want to read as the band comes and I get ready to close tonight. I want to read a familiar passage of scripture that I hope will maybe just encourage you. You can go to your Bibles and flip through it later and like think about it, meditate on it, whatever you want to call it. But it's a Psalm of David because if anyone was lonely and faced loneliness to probably a perspective and a point that we couldn't understand, it's a dude named David. Now I don't want to seem at all to be insensitive to the time that we live in currently. To the amount of frustration and hopelessness and the, the level of discomfort and the level of, of illness that is out there. I don't want to seem insensitive whatsoever, but what I'm saying is there is still hope in this world. With everything that is going on, with everything that is, that is out there today, with even the racial division that people try to deny, but is very evident in this world today, we have to come together more than anything in this place. We have to be willing to say there is hope and it's found in the one who came and died for me. It's found in the one who gives me freedom today because of how he died then. Psalm 23, the New Living Translation. One of the most encouraging passages of scripture personally for me. You learned it as a kid, but do you ever just go back and think, What does the text actually say? What does it actually mean? David had to hide in caves before he could inherit a kingdom. You want to talk about being lonely, try running for your life for a decade. 
knowing that you're supposed to be king. Having nowhere to go, no one to turn to, but a couple of dark places in the mountains. The only noise you hear is the sound of bats flying through the cave. The only noise you hear is the army trying to chase you down to kill you. All along while you're asking God, I thought you gave me a kingdom. I thought you anointed me as a kid to preach the gospel. I thought you anointed me as a kid to sit on a throne. I thought you anointed me as a kid to build this business. I thought you told me as a kid I would do this and I'd be successful and I'd go here. And yet it doesn't feel like any of that is true. It doesn't feel like any of that is happening. I feel more than ever I'm hiding in a cave when I thought you gave me a kingdom. But let me tell you, the man or the woman that God has called you to be might have to be developed in the cave so that you can have what you need to do all Psalm 23, I'm going to read this as the band gets ready to sing. And I'll shut up. I promise. New Living Translation says it like this. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, will you stand across this place tonight? Thank you for joining us. We hope that the message left you feeling inspired, empowered, and energized to take on the rest of your week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, at BeaconChurchATL, to stay up to date with all the new things happening in the life of our church. We hope to see you soon. God bless.